Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Manifesting Brilliance podcast. I'm Jerome Emhoff. I'm your host, and I am happy to greet you and welcome you to this space and to this conversation. If you've come to this podcast because you're looking for job search advice, I want to just direct you to another podcast I'm hosting with a colleague and friend, Judson Walsh. That podcast is entitled Uplevel Your Career with Judson and Jerome. It's available via download um, on iTunes. It's also available on Podbean. And um, so if you're looking for that kind of information, that's the place to look for it. This podcast used to be focused on career uh, search, but I've rebooted it to talk about spirituality because that at the age of 51, has become uh, my sweet spot. It's the thing I most love to talk about. It's the thing that engages me most. And so I rebooted the podcast. So we'll call this season one, episode two. Um, Tonight's topic is, who am I called to be? And I am recording this um, on March 19th, 1030 in in Palm Springs, California. And earlier tonight, uh, we got the message from our governor that we are all supposed to uh, stay home, um, not be in the streets, not go out, um, essentially shelter in place for the time being uh, to stop the spread of this deadly coronavirus and COVID-19. And um, so um, there's a lot to say about that. Um, especially from a spiritual perspective. Um, What I will say is that it's really critical at this time that we understand that we're not in this alone. And I say that in two ways. We're not in this alone, meaning uh, that there is collective energy. We can pray for one another. We can support one another. We can send love to one another. And that's a huge thing. But also that our actions do affect other people too. So this order for staying indoors is really important. Um, to to heed that so that we don't unwittingly spread the virus. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's been really disheartening for a lot of people to go into the grocery stores um, and find that resources have been uh, wiped out. Um, and we all know that it's because people are taking more than they need. They're buying more than they need. They're hoarding it. And, um, and I just want to say that that's, you know, not necessarily the best stance for us. We want to, uh, remember that we are in this together. So if I need toilet paper, you need it too. Um, so I shouldn't take more than I need. Anyway, I'll get off of that topic, uh, because we have other things to talk about tonight. And like I said, um, this podcast is called, Who Am I Called to Be? And I'd like to begin tonight the way one of my paper mentors, uh, begins her conversations, her talks. Um, if you've listened to the the first podcast when I re- did the reboot of the Manifesting Brilliance podcast, you know that I have followed the career of Marianne Williamson uh, for a number of years. I've followed her. I've listened to her um, her lectures. I've been able to hear her lectures three times uh, live. Um, I've met her twice. She's a delightful uh, woman who really is filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, she begins all of her talks this way. So um, I'd like to begin the same way. So if you are in a place where it's safe to close your eyes, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and to place your right hand over your heart and your right hand or your left hand over your right hand. And I want you just to breathe into your heart center right now. 
and just take a moment to arrive in this space. And as you're listening to this, I just want to suggest that where two or more are gathered, we are in the midst of God. We're in the presence of God. We see in the middle of our minds a little ball of golden light. And we watch this light grow larger and larger until now it fills the inner vision of our minds. We see for ourselves within this light a beautiful temple. We see a garden that surrounds the temple and a body of water that flows through the garden. We notice that the inside of the temple is lit as well with the same beautiful golden light. And here we are. For we have been gathered together by the power and into the presence of God. We ask that God and God's Holy Spirit so uplift our thoughts above and beyond all fear, all doubt, all illusion, that we might understand our intimate connection to the divinity, that we might understand how intimately we are connected to one another, and that we might become the men and women that God would have us be. And so it is together we all say amen. So who am I called to be? It's a big question. Um, before we dig into that topic, I think there, there are six sort of premises or six details I, I want to talk about sort of, um, uh, sort of foundational things to, to sort of set into place. Um, so that you know where I'm coming from. The first is a belief in existence of a supreme being. Um, everything I'm going to talk about sort of stems from the fact that there is a supreme being who created everything. Some people call that supreme being source energy. Some people call it God. It might be the creator. It might be the creator of all that is. It might be the universe. It doesn't really matter what you call it. Uh, what's essential is to understand that this power exists and that we're able to tap into that power. Um, the second thing to sort of uh, foundationally understand is that all things in this world were created by God, by that supreme energy. Everything we see everything that we are, all things were created by God. The third thing to think about is the fact that thought precedes creation. So if you're familiar with the uh, Christian Bible or, or the Jewish scriptures, uh, the first, you know, the, the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, it talks about the fact that God spoke the word, uh, the, the world, into being. Right? God's God said, let there be light, and there was. So uh, all, all creation was preceded by thought uh, because thought precedes word. We don't say something until we have the thought to say it. Uh, fourth, everything is energy. So scientifically, we know that everything that exists on the, on the planet 
anything that's form or solid or our bodies, everything is made of matter, right? And matter, if you break it down to its tiniest components, it's an atom, and within the atom there are particles, right? So um, those particles that make up the atom, well, the first thing about an atom is really interesting. There's so much um, space between the particles in an atom in an atom that there's actually more space than there is stuff, right? So if we could blow up uh, an atom to the size of like a football field, we would notice that, you know, the nucleus, the protons and the electrons and all of those, you know, the particles within the atom, they're there, but most of the, the, the atom is empty space. Um, and those particles are in motion. The nucleus, I don't believe is, but the electrons and the protons rotate. They, they're in motion. Um, so there's energy in an atom, and we talk about atomic energy, right? So everything, so if everything is made up of atoms, and atoms themselves have energy in them, we can say that everything is energy. Um, we talked about the creative element of thought, right? Everything, uh, all creation is preceded by thought. Thoughts are vibrations, right? So every thought we think ha is, has a vibration to it right? Um, and so those vibrations are energy. And I read once that um, atoms, the particles in an atom behave differently when they're being observed. Um, so they're moving around and, and uh, they're moving so rapidly that they don't really have location because they're not in any one place long enough to be located anywhere. The only difference I believe is when they're observed. When they're observed, they behave differently. And I had a good friend who was a physics uh, professor at Mills College in um, Oakland, California. And um, we were having dinner one night, and I said, hey, Dave, is it true? I've read that the particles and atoms, that they behave differently when they're being observed. I said, is that true? And he said, yeah, it is, Jerome. And the strange thing is we don't know why. So our thoughts are vibrational, right? So they're also energy. And then the last thing is that who you are, uh, you're not your body, right? We, I, I sometimes when I'm working with coaching clients and we're trying to kind of get a sense of self and really sort of a sense of a self is connected to the divinity, um, I will say to them, I'll just ask this question, do you have a body or do you have a soul or a spirit? And uh, oftentimes the answer, 99% of the time, the answer is, I have both. And, uh, and so I like to sort of flip that on its side and say, well, actually, you are spirit, you are a soul, and you have a body temporarily. Because this physical body that we're in, right, we're physically focused inside, like we're spirit, but we're physically focused. Our spirit is dwells within this body, but um, the body will someday die, but the spirit doesn't, right? So who we are ultimately is that spirit, because that's the part of us that's eternal. That's the part of us that is us, the spirit, the soul. Um, and there is a difference between spirit and soul, and we'll get into that on some other podcast. Um, but we're physically focused in this body temporarily. And it's interesting if, you've, if you're familiar with the teacher um, Abraham, who is um, channeled by Esther Hicks. 
Abraham has said that the greatest part of us, that our spirit, our soul, our energetic being is so expansive that it cannot even all be focused physically. So only a portion of who we are is really focused in this body. The rest of it is part of the source energy from which it came. So it's really fascinating. So those are the foundations. I'm going to go through them really quick. The first is the existence of the Supreme Being. The second is that everything was created by God. The third is that thought precedes creation. The fourth is that everything is energy. Five, thoughts create vibrations. And six, you are a spirit having a human experience. You are a soul having a human experience. So let's dig into the topic. I want to start by sharing with you something that Marianne Williamson wrote in her book, A Return to Love, which is one of my all-time favorite books. I think I've read it a dozen times, if not more. Um, The book was published, I believe, first in 1992, around that time. It's been out for more than 25 years now. Uh, A Course in Miracles is the the primary book source material that Marian Williamson uses in her lectures and and in her writings. And she wrote A Return to Love. It was her first book, and she she sometimes calls it the Cliff's Notes of A a Course in Miracles. Um, So it's her um, reflections on on the principles as they are stated in The Course in Miracles. And that course has become a huge part of my spiritual path, as you know if you listen to the last podcast. She wrote, uh, there's one paragraph, one section of this book, one paragraph that's been excerpted and quoted. Um, It's been on posters, um, and it's all over the internet. Um, You've probably read it um, at some point or come across it. At one point, it was attributed to Nelson Mandela, um, but it wasn't written by him. And I don't know if Nelson Mandela ever used it in a speech or anything, um, but this is... um, This is what Marion Williamson wrote. Um, She wrote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, Who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give others, other people, permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And then I love the next line. The next line of the of her book really isn't part of that paragraph that's been excerpted, but I just think it's beautiful, so I want to read it to you. Um, She wrote, a miracle worker is an artist of the soul. I I just love that. So what I'd like to do um, is to sort of unpack this really great passage and to talk about it because when we're talking about who am I called to be, 
you know, we sometimes think our, our calling is what our job is. You know, we're called to be a teacher. We're called to be a doctor. We're called to be an artist. Um, we're called to be a mother or a father. You know, so we, we see our identity in all of these things that we do. Um, the different roles we play. And I don't want to discount any of that because I think it's really important to to assimilate and to own those roles that we take on. I think it's really important. I mean, I don't think there's any role in life that's more important than that of a parent, a mother or a father. But that's not who you are in a larger sense. And that's not who you're called to be because we all have sort of the same calling. Our divine purpose then, our individual divine purpose comes out of that same calling. But what I'm talking about right now is this collective uh, calling that we all have, which is to be identified as children of God, which is what Marianne Williamson is writing so eloquently. But it would be fun and maybe a little meaningful just to sort of unpack what she writes in that paragraph. I mean, there's no... Um, no questioning the fact that it's powerful because people have been sharing it all over the internet for years. So it touches people. And so let's talk about the, the many truths that she has expounded on here in this uh, writing. So she starts out by saying, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Powerful beyond measure. And that makes us fearful. That's what we're afraid of. So, um, we were, we're children of God. And just as we resemble our parents in some way, we got our DNA from our parents, um, our biological parents, we got our spiritual DNA from our spiritual father, who is God. So everything that you say about God can be said about us. So the same power that created the universe, the same power that created the planets, Saturn with those gorgeous rings, the sun that keeps us warm and enables us to grow food, and, and uh, the moon, which reflects the sun and controls the tides. This amazing universe, right? Uh, the same power that created that universe lives in us. Lives in us. And if we don't stop to be in awe of that, we're missing something. It's not a small thing to say that we were created in the image and likeness of God. We're the same stuff that God is. The only difference between us and God is that God created us. We didn't create him. Otherwise, we're the same. And I think we have this crisis of faith because we believe we have more faith in the status quo. Um, we have faith in uh, this concept that life should be difficult, that life is about competition, that there is a lack of resources. Um, we have faith in our perceived weakness as human beings. Like we have faith in the human condition as if the human condition is all that we are. Right? The human condition is what causes us to be ill. It's what causes us to experience poverty. And we identify with that more than we identify with the power that is innately ours. 
And so when The Course in Miracles talks about fear, it talks about fear is illusion. So the Course opens by saying, um, basically saying that uh, love is the truth of who we are. Love is the only thing that's real. And the opposite of love is fear. And so fear is to love as darkness is to light. So let's talk about darkness. Darkness is not a real thing. Darkness is the absence of a thing. Right? The only way to create darkness is to turn off a light. So the light is the thing. We take it away, we have dark. So it's just the absence of light. Fear is the same. It's the absence of love. And love is all-encompassing, and love is all that's real. So when Marianne Williamson is talking about our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, she's basically saying our deepest illusion, the biggest illusion we buy into, is our inadequacy. That's the lie that we buy into. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's saying... That our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful. So, our inadequacy is illusion. But see, on, the spirit, on this physical plane, everything that exists on the spiritual and metaphysical plane is sort of turned upside down, right? It's all backwards. So, we see ourselves as weak and inadequate when we're powerful beyond measure. And it's so easy for us to accept that piece of us, you know, that reality that we're inadequate and that we're flawed and um, that we're incapable. It's more, it's easier to accept that than it is to accept the truth of who we are, which is that we are powerful beyond measure, that we have this innate goodness in us. And then she goes on to say, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. So we, we do. We believe in the darkness more than we believe in the light. We believe in this illusion of things being hard, of um, the boogeyman, um, for lack of a better way of describing it. This sort of notion that life is hard and then you die. We buy into that so much easier than we believe in the fact that, um, that we are light and love. Um, so we're essentially frightened by an illusion because the darkness is an illusion. And then she goes on to write, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? I love those. Um, brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. And then she says, who actually, actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. And so we have sort of this authorship problem because um, we don't identify with the with the the source of our creation. We don't identify with God who created us. Instead, we we identify so much with this existence here on the planet, here on Earth, which is not you know uh, this is the sort of the illusionary world. Um, so she says, who are you? We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? What God creates is created perfect. Right? There used to be t-shirts that say, God doesn't make junk. It's true. 
what God creates, he creates perfect. In his wisdom, he creates everything perfect. What God created cannot be uncreated. So if God created you perfect, whole, and complete, you can't be anything but perfect, whole, and complete. You can't uncreate what God created. It's not possible. However, we sort of get in this into this mode where we think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm this flawed human being. And of course, we're, you know, we are flawed. But I'm talking on a sort of the, the spirit level. Your spirit is perfect, whole, and complete, and you are brilliant. That's who you are because you're a child of God. It can't be any other way. And so we, if God made us in his own image, then we are light and love. And I said that earlier. And then she says, you're playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Shrinking isn't enlightened. We have this this notion that being humble is enlightened. And but we don't understand what humility is. So it is humility. It is complete humility to be as God created you. It is complete humility to bow down in reverence to what God created because God is the great creator. So it's humility to be in that space. Um, it's arrogant to believe that you are something other than what God created. Um, so she says, there's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. When you take on false humility, this like, oh, I'm, I'm not good enough and shrinking. Um, we are, we are contradicting what God created. And, um, and that would be arrogance. Um, to say we are anything other than what God created is to imply that we are, um, that we created ourselves, right? So it's absolute humility to accept who you are as God created you. And then she goes on to write, we are all meant to shine as children do. And I love that because if you've watched children playing, or if you've spent any time with little kids, they all think they're brilliant. I should say they think they're brilliant. They know they're brilliant. They know who they are. Um, I think it's because they haven't been so far away from from being with God. Being you know, their spirits are still so tied to source energy to God. They haven't been jaded yet, right? So kids all think they're brilliant. They know they're brilliant. They. They all can dance. They all can sing. They're all the best artists in the world. They shine so brightly. Go to a school uh, program and listen to those kids sing. They sing with such exuberance and enthusiasm because they understand who they are. We're all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. So God loved us into being as extensions of himself. 
That's what he did. He took himself and he poured it out into the world as all of us. And we are God's glory manifest. We are the physical bodies of God, right? Us and everything he created. God is in the trees and in the oceans and in all of the four-legged fur people, right? And then she goes on to write, it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. Um, so Marianne Williamson, as she quotes the co course, is often... Uh, often says, all of God's children are special, and none of God's children are special. In other words, we're all special. We're all brilliant. We're all loved. Uh, we're all gorgeous, fabulous. But none of us more so than anyone else. God doesn't bestow his favor on Jessica over there more than he does on Jonathan sitting next to her. We're all special. And none of us, none of us are special. Um, and and again, um, to recognize that God poured Himself and created us, and so we are all created from the same source, and therefore we're all one. All minds are connected. Um, going back to this notion that everything that was that exists was created first from thought. So we were created by God's thought. God loved us and thought us into being. And he spoke us into being. And thought precedes word. So he thought us into being. And thoughts, everything that exists was a thought first, right? The iPhone, your computer, the chair you're sitting in. All of those things were thoughts first. And once they become manifest... In a physical sense, the thought still exists, and the thought only exists in the mind. A thought never leaves. You can't take the thought out of your head and put it somewhere else. Thoughts never leave the thinker. So we are literally ideas in the mind of God. We were thoughts, we're ideas in the mind of God, and we're still ideas in the mind of God. And our mind is joined to God's mind. And all minds then are connected. On a metaphysical level, there's only one of us here. We are all the same energy source. We all came from the same energy source. We're all the same source energy in bodies. Because we perceive ourselves as bodies, we think we're separate. That's the great lie. We think there's a place where... You, you are in a place where I am, but there is no place where you start and I stop. We're all one. Um, so this glory of God is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And then she goes on to write, As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. When we can see ourselves as God sees us, then we begin to see other people as God sees them. And we start to see ourselves as one because that's the reality of what's what we are. We're all one. So to the extent that we can let our own light shine, we, un we do unconsciously allow others. We give them permission to do the same. Um, 
And so in situations, um, you know, uh, our, our goal is always to see everything as God sees it. Whether it's a situation, whether it's a person, whatever it is. Uh, let me see this as God, you know, do, oh God, let me see this as you see it. Um, and uh, part of our role in this world, you know, again, who are we called to be? We are called to be gorgeous, brilliant, fabulous, talented. We are called to be the light of the world. We are called to be the love of the world. God loves us so much. And that love created us. There's a, a lesson in The Course in Miracles that says, love created me at like itself. Love created me like itself. That's who we are. So that's who we are called to be is who we authentically are. God energy, source energy in these bodies. And our bodies are beautiful. And they become more beautiful when we realize what they house. Right? They're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because all of this language that I'm using, it comes from the Course in Miracles. It comes from the writings of Marianne Williamson and other spiritual writers. It's also the same stuff that we read in the Christian Bible. Probably the same stuff in the Quran. All of these, you know, there is one truth and it's just spoken in various, various ways. One truth spoken in many, many ways. Um, so, uh, so who are you called to be? You're called to be love and light. So let's go out and do that. So I'd like to lead you in a really quick prayer, and then I'd like to talk just a few minutes about coronavirus, uh, because that's really on everybody's hearts right now. Um, so if you'll close your eyes with me, if it's safe to do so, please don't close your eyes if you're driving a car or operating heavy machinery. Oh God, we come into your presence. We see you as the creator of all that is. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. For that divine energy that you created to dwell within us so that we might always be connected to you and to one another. Help us to see all things as you see them. Help us to see the glory of God manifest in one another. And in seeing it in one another, help us to see it in ourselves. Help us to understand more and more fully how intimately connected we are to you and how intimately connected we are to one another and help us to realize that that intimate connection is the same intimate connection regardless of how it manifests. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating us. And so it is. Together we all say amen. Okay, for the just the last few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about coronavirus um, because it's been in the news and it's on everyone's minds and everyone's hearts. Um, it's a real thing. 
I don't need to say that, but it's real. And it's scary. Um, I'm in California. And there are lots of cases here. And people are dying. And people are afraid. And I get it. Um, but on a, on a metaphysical and spiritual level, what I want to say is this. In this physical world, we're experiencing this horrible pandemic called coronavirus. And it's real, and there are things we need to do to protect ourselves. We need to make sure we're washing our hands. We need to stay away from other people. We're not to gather in groups of 10 or more. Right, groups of ten or smaller are okay, but no, no large groups. Um, if we're not feeling well, and we think we have symptoms, we need to call our doctor, and before before we go into the hospital or to the clinic, we need to call and tell them what's going on and see if they want to see us, and we need to take whatever advice they give us seriously. And if we feel like we might have come in contact with the virus and we're feeling symptoms. Uh, we need to quarantine for 14 days, self-quarantine, because that's the incubation period, they think. Uh, my brother-in-law, who lives in Germany, uh, he's in the armed forces, and he's living in Germany right now. He went to a conference, and someone at the conference had coronavirus, so he knows he was exposed. He had to quarantine himself for 14 days. He was only allowed to go out onto his balcony. And they did that with anyone who came into contact with this person at the, at the conference because they wanted to make sure that no one was contagious because that incubation period is about 14 days. We need to wash our hands, right, with soap and water. We don't need to use antibacterial solvents because those things are ineffective with viruses and Overuse of them can cause super bacteria. We don't want that. Wash your hands with soap and water. Cough and, cough and sneeze into your elbow, right? Don't shake hands. Limit contact with one another. All of those things are important. Um, pardon me. <laughs> As I'm talking about coronavirus, I sneeze. See how low-tech this, uh, <laughs> this podcast is? We need to do all those things. That's what we can do to protect ourselves on this physical plane, which is where we dwell, right? That's the reality with the smart R, small R, R that we deal with, right? This physical plane. From a metaphysical standpoint, we have to realize that our soul, our spirit, our inner wise self, as Sark would call it, Sark is a great writer that I love, that part of us, that spirit, that soul, cannot be affected by coronavirus. It's, it's invincible. The body is not, but that is. And so we have to sort of be aware of both worlds. On the physical plane, we need to do the things we need to do to protect ourselves physically. Spiritually, we need to remember that we are not... We don't have to be at the effect in the spiritual sense of this world. We don't have to be at the effect of coronavirus because coronavirus cannot touch us at the deepest level of who we are. Now, that doesn't mean we go out and we think we have this force field around us. We do not, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit is not going to keep you from getting coronavirus, I shouldn't say that. The Holy Spirit could keep you from getting coronavirus, and I'd love to have faith in that. 
but we also have a spirit of wisdom. And so we're supposed to use our wisdom and do the things we need to do on a physical level. Okay? So we do all those things. And then on the spiritual level, what do we do? We get up every morning and we close our eyes and we dedicate our day to love and to light and to being God's presence in the world. We send our love out to everyone who is suffering, to the people who are afraid, to people who are dying, to people who are contracting the illness, right? We do those things. We take care of ourselves spiritually by praying, by meditating, by listening to good music, by reading good books, by spending time with our families, by loving one another. We do those things. Those are the things we can do on a spiritual level. We remember that all minds are connected. So even though we're, we're sheltering in place and maybe your best friend lives across town and you can't see them, you can send them your love telepathically, right? You can pray for them. You can send them white light. You can send them energy and love. That is a huge thing. That's a huge thing. Those are the things we do. We remember who we are that we are spirit, that we are souls having a human experience. And we leverage that power that dwells within us that we were just talking about. That's what we do on this level. And then I want you to also be responsible. It has been really disheartening to me to see just the lack of resources in grocery stores because people, and I get it, people were scared. And so they bought more than they needed. They stocked up. They hoarded resources. And that's disheartening. And so what we do is, first of all, if you're somebody who's gone to the grocery store and you can't buy toilet paper and you're really ticked off about it, you just offer that up to God and say, okay, God, this is frustrating. I understand people are afraid. And you just leave it be. Right? We don't allow ourselves to get angry over those things that we can't control. And we understand that people were motivated by fear and how sad for them. And we can send them a love and light. If we feel tempted to take more resources than we need, we recognize that as what it is. That's poverty consciousness. That's lack thinking. Right? That's a limiting belief. And instead of doing that, sort of that knee-jerk reaction of, I'm going to buy all the toilet paper that's on the shelf. We stop and we say, I'll buy what I need, and I will trust that God, source, the universe, will provide for us. Because God always does. Always. Um, people are saying this is the new normal, the social distancing, the quarantines, all of that. It is not the new normal. It doesn't have to be the new, the new normal as long as we are mindful of protecting ourselves on the physical plane and then also really on the on the metaphysical on the spiritual plane as long as we are willing to pray and to send our love out to one another. So that's what I have to say about that. Um thank you so much for listening. Um tell your friends about this podcast. It's available on on iTunes. It's really uh, a labor of love to do this. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at manifestingbrilliance at gmail.com. You can find Manifesting Brilliance um, Live Coaching on Facebook. And uh, I have a website. My website is my 
career coaching website. That's uh, the resume shop Inc. Inc. Dot com. So you can find me there too. Um, but if you want to reach out to me, if you have ideas for other podcasts, if you have questions, uh, if you want me to pray for you, whatever I can do, uh, please reach out to me. And with that, I will say, uh, God bless you all. Be kind and generous and loving to one another. <laughs>